Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we have hot Andrew Brewer in the studio <laughs> oh this morning God. with us. <laughs> good morning. There she goes. I can roll. Bringing it in. Well, she has a cool subway story to tell from yesterday, which we'll get to in just a second because it's just to have her tell the story and just the animation. You'll have to go out to the website, moneymanmike.net, and just watch this video of. See, she's already rolling her eyes. It's already priceless. <laughs> you're almost like think, throw me under the bus. Don't even just. What is this story? I got to know what the story is. All right, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this, and we'll come back to talking about David Lukey, who you already know is on the show. We have a outstanding attorney, Mr. Ben Rose, is here from his firm, and we're going to go over a bunch of real estate stuff. So we'll introduce him in a second. But let's go and get to the Subway story. It's not that great of a story. When you tell any kind of story, it's. A good I mean, story. I just went to Subway and it was a disaster. And the there was one lady, like eight people in front of me ordering lunch for like 13. And she was like, and, oh, and by the way, I have all separate checks. So the line was a nightmare. And then this man got behind me and ordered two six-inch subs. They were very specific. One was ham, one was tuna. They had a million things on them. He gets all the way to the end of the line, which we're all waiting on because this lady. And he's like, oh, I actually wanted two footlongs instead of six inches. And it's like, <laughs> you just watched the guy make them <laughs> for five minutes you've watched this guy make these sandwiches and now you want to chime in and say you actually wanted a foot long that's, I mean, ne- that's really? never that's never happened on the new house that i'm building <laughs> after the house is completely done oh i wanted an outlet right there yeah. can you do that yeah uh, no it's ridiculous they just said well, we're gonna wrap these just go back and get back in the back of the line <laughs> which is what he deserved i that's mean you watched him make them jeez Anyway, that's too much. That was a great endorsement for Subway. And it it wasn't nothing negative about Subway. It was just an unfortunate situation with one of their customers. Well, it was, yeah, people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) We all have our stupid moments, unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. And of course, we'll finish the intros with Mr. David Lukey here from Capital Homes. How are you, sir? I am excellent. I am tired, but I am excellent. I understand that feeling completely. It's so early. Yes, so early. Yes, yes, yes. And we have Mr. Ben Rose from the Ben Ro- uh Ben, what's M stand for? Uh, Micah, my ben, middle middle initial. Ben Micah Rose, uh, Ben Micah Rose Firm dot com, but it's actually B M R dot com. Actually, B M R Firm dot com. That's right. You it's got early it. in the morning. Third man. Times Let's time. just Third confuse times. him thoroughly. Just, yeah. just let him That's say right. it. B M R Firm dot com. That's it. Okay. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how long you've been an attorney, why did you start your own firm, and you know what's your passion about it? Well, I've been uh, practicing since uh, 2001 okay. uh, here in Tennessee. I'm a native of East Tennessee, originally Sevier County. And uh, primarily what we do, we've got uh, two lawyers in our office okay. in Brentwood down in Maryland Farms. And primarily what we do is specialize in litigation, civil litigation with some criminal. Okay. Uh, and I have a variety of emphasis, uh, one of which is uh, in construction litigation and uh, uh, dealing with contractors and home builders and those kinds of things. Troublemakers uh, like this one over there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. David's always right. We never do uh, criticize anything that David does, as long as we can support it with uh, evidence. David builds a darn good home, man. <laughs> he, does. he does. We're going to come back and talk to Ben a little bit more about just his point of view from what he's seen in the market, just a consumer protection point of view and just just the crazy stuff that you know you see in the litigation side of things and there's a lot of it yes yeah especially in a growing area like nashville oh yeah for sure for sure for sure but uh let's do a little recap from last week's show too if you missed last week we uh, jumped over all sorts of little subjects but uh we did uh andrew's listing of the week which was 1342 rosa 
Parks Boulevard in Germantown, right? Yep. Is it sold yet? Nope. Now, you're sold out of everything else because you're supposed to have a well, listing. Well, it's a higher-end property. I mean, you know, it's pretty exclusive, so. But you have like six or seven more coming on. Like I do have day. quite a few listings in the in the pipeline, All so right. to speak. So next but, um, one, my 1342 Rosa Parks is still available. It is two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, 1,800 square feet in Worthen, which is a awesome community development with lots of amenities, pools, gyms, bocce ball court. Which I don't have the people are like, what's bocce ball? What's that mean? I mean, you wouldn't believe, that's like not a southern thing, but no, it's not. Anyway, and what, that what, what's your website again? EastNashvilleAgent.com. You can check that out on there. And you had some photos on there, right? Because I went oh, over absolutely. there and I checked them out, and it was as breathtaking as I remember yeah. that building. Lots, the building's just fantastic. High ceilings, lots of great lighting, open floor plan. It's a beautiful unit. Yeah, price is five thirty five. It's nice. Price is Really and David, nice. you have tons of listings. Well, actually, I wouldn't say tons because it seems like you sell them out as soon as you well, get I don't, them on the market. I, I don't put a lot of the stuff on MLS. You know, talking about listings, but we have that subdivision over there in Delvin Downs, and uh, we had we started off with twenty three home sites, and we're down to about thirteen. Quickly, and, yeah, down to thirteen. Yeah, we, we we haven't even been able to pull a permit yet. We're probably pulling a permit later this week or first part of next week. We got our finally got our bonds. The developer, I should say, got his bonds worked out, and uh, we're going to be recording the plat and cool. pulling permits. And it's only half sold out. I haven't even finished my model yet. I haven't even started my model. I'm about to say yet. you haven't started it, have you? It's, no, it's been crazy. We did something really cool uh, last week. We were working on. Uh, Sassy Hackett, who's been on here before, we, we were working on the exterior brick. We actually came up with five new brick selections. Ooh, I like that. Got some upgraded brick choices. So we got our cool. standard, five standard bricks to choose mm-hmm. from, and now we got five upgraded ones. And well, and it'll give the neighborhood fun. a good flair right. and a little taste of everything not yeah. being the same. And You know, yeah. and for a house, it's three sides brick, right? Yeah. So it's a lot of brick. The, the one option is $485, and the other option is $960. So it's not like they're... You're breaking the bank. Yeah, very affordable for, and they're really hot. They're really really hot. Oh, I can't wait to see some some of the variations. Yeah, Yeah, once that's sassy. She's she's a good egg. You you, that's a good gal right there. Appropriately named as well. Absolutely. If anyone needed to have that name too, you. (laughs) I could be sassy too. Y'all could call me that on the side or something. (laughs) S square. But if you haven't seen any of the uh, the Delvin Down stuff, go out to David's w- homes. Uh, can't talk this morning. David's website, which is Capital Homes, Capital Homes dot com, and then you can also go out to our website, themoneymanmike dot net, out on the uh, the face. I mean, out on the website and then the Facebook page of Money Man Money Man Mike Radio. Man, I am tongue twisted this morning. Mm. But uh, we've got to jump out to a break here in a second. But we're going to go through a few other things that we. Uh, we do. Actually, we'll go ahead and get that get that out of the way real quick before we jump out to the break. Go out to the website to check out the hidden dangers for trees and shrubs that David talked about last year. Or last year, the last week. Gosh, dang it! I you need some it. more coffee. I need to wake up. And then morning. on break, we're gonna practice uh, we're how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck chuck wood. Run around the block a couple times. But the hidden dangers that planting your trees and shrubs too close to your house would you know. What kind of dangers it'll have from letting squirrels in, ants in, and all other kind of termites and all that good stuff. And then check out some of the stuff that we talked about with how uh, home values are doing today versus the collapse, how things were back in 2008, where values are today in comparison. So we'll be back from the uh, flip side of this break. And you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLSC. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Mad Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. Hopefully, this second segment will be less tongue-tied by your host, Michael Thayer. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but I'm all messed up. But we're going to have an outstanding show from this point forward. And I want to jump right into our guest here today, which is Ben Rose from uh, the Ben Rose Firm. And just what is some of the crazy litigation things that you want to talk about? Because, I mean, we as a mortgage company, David as a builder, uh, Andra as a realtor, don't laugh at me that way. Back to hey, you. I'm Andrew. Remember me? <laughs> we see some crazy things, but I'm sure you see some crazier things that even would blow our mind. Well, the, in our business, truth is stranger than fiction, it seems like, <laughs> in the experiences that we've had. Um, one of the things I thought we would do is I, I got a list, and it's not an exclusive list, and I'm sure it came from uh, multiple sources of just um, uh, like a top 10 type list about right. what unscrupulous contractors and builders uh, do sometimes and what you want okay. to look for as a consumer. Red flags, um, basically. Sure, exactly. And as part of the, as you're looking at uh, uh, contemplating uh, people doing certain types of work for your home or building a home from scratch or even selling you uh, raw real estate, raw land, things to look for. And I just picked out some uh, in preparation for today. And right. one of the things are, and these are fairly obvious, uh, things like when the, con- the, the putative contractor or the prospective contractor comes to you and says, uh, I want you to pay me in advance of more than 50%. <laughs> uh, uh, before I start the work. Right. Um, now, for all of us, we think, well, that's who would do that? But depending on the situation you're in, right. and you got to remember, too, I mean, we've had these floods down in uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We had the floods in 2010 in Nashville. W- when you're in desperate uh, need, right, right. Uh, sometimes you make decisions that maybe if you thought about it and reflected mm-hmm. on it, you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of those. Obviously, don't don't try to enter into a transaction like that if you can avoid it. Uh, and similarly, don't ever pay in cash. I mean, you'll have those folks, too, that right. will say, hey, um, pay me a cash uh, deposit up front and, and move forward. Other obvious things, get everything in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, no reputable contractor or builder is going to do anything worth its salt unless it's in writing. And that's not only to protect you, the consumer, but also to protect the builder Absolutely. or the contractor. And so we, we try to rail on everybody. Again, exigent circumstances, emergencies come up. But... You know, try to get things in writing as most as best as possible. Let me interject a question. Real sure. Quick. What if you get somebody that says, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a, uh, a discount if you pay cash or you pay such such amount up front." What's your thoughts on that? You'd be very careful uh, okay. in that situation. Yeah, you want to you want to steer clear. Okay. Uh, well, because you can still pay in cash, but get them to write out like a receipt, right? You, you could do that. I, I think I'd be a little concerned with the cash payments about um, you know whether or not you're in, entering into a transaction for tax avoidance on the part of the the contractor or the builder. Okay. Um, and people do that all the time, and maybe they don't know about it. But you just wouldn't want anybody to come back and say, "Well, you knew what was going on as part mm-hmm. of that deal, and that's why you, you had the work discounted." Right. Uh, so be very careful about that. You that's know, not to say that people don't. I mean, you have you have promotions and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, rain events, hail events, those kinds of right, things where people right. come out. You just need to be extra cautious. Is the way I would I would put that. David, you know, one of the things that I hear sometimes is, you know, well, they want money for materials up front, and I I, I understand that. You know, especially if you're a small contractor, you don't want to get stuck with uh, having bought the materials and then never getting paid. But what I don't understand is if if I'm a 
I'm a contractor and I need someone to pay for the materials up front, well, let's go down to your supplier and I'll pay them directly because we're all COD with them. If I'm getting lumber from Home Depot, for example, I, you know, the, the customer can go down, you know, the homeowner can go down to Home Depot with his order sheet and say, I'd like to order this lumber and yeah. pay Home Depot. Instead of writing a check yeah. to the contractor, mm-hmm. go ahead and write the check to Home Depot. You know, I, that seems like a, a real practical piece of advice. Is there anything that you'd add on to that, Ben? I mean, is that just... No, I think it's great. And I think some other things you get from that is you you know what they're buying mm-hmm. right? and you know what the margins are in terms of if they're going to mark up mm-hmm. those those materials exactly. What what are they and what am I getting for it? So I think that's uh, that's very sound advice. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you said the hail and, you know, the wind, the tornadoes, we get a lot of that around here. So right. it seems like every time you have a big tornado event or a wind event, you have all these guys, all these roofers, not the dog on the roofers right now, but you do have the guys that come in from out of state that all of a sudden they're not local, they're out of state and they're giving you all sorts of like opportunities for this, that to sign today. And it's like, whoa, what's up with the hard pressure sale kind of thing. And most people would pick up on that, but not everybody will. Right. So, Again, especially in, a, in an emergency situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's another thing, just simple, basic common sense. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you from? Are you licensed here? Do you right. have insurance? Do you have especially workers' compensation insurance? Uh, which is a big part of my business that I've, I work for various uh, uh, parties uh, in those issues. And people just don't realize it's so complicated. Um, you wouldn't want to get in a situation, for example, where someone does um, uh, work on your property and then there's an injury and you're somehow found legally responsible for that, uh, either through comp or otherwise. How would a homeowner vet that out, though? Well, I mean, the first question you'd say is, do you have workers' compensation insurance? And anyone working in Tennessee, and I'm not giving out legal advice, but just, <laughs> just a full in interest of full disclosure, go go seek advice from a professional. But um, generally speaking, anyone who works in construction in Tennessee should have their own comp insurance. And you can ask them, do you have comp insurance? Well, yes, I do. Well, can I see a certificate of insurance or can I see proof okay. of insurance? And make sure it's valid, too. Make sure it's something that is in existence for the time right now. And you can also, by the way, I don't know how many people know this, you can go online with the State Department of Labor and you can verify whether particular contractors have licensed. workers' compensation coverage, whether they're licensed, mm-hmm. whether they've had complaints before contractors' board. So, you know, just just like any any uh, dis- major decision. I mean, look, if you were buying a car for $25,000, $50,000, um, you would ask a lot of questions, most of us. was you, yep. you kick the tires, you take it out for a test drive. It's the same situation when you're dealing with a contractor or a builder. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Look, if somebody's not going to answer your questions or gets offended, then you probably don't need to be doing business with them anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so two quick points on that, Ben, too, because uh, I get certificate of insurance all the time. It's I, I get insurance for all of our guys. First thing is make sure that the check that you write is to the name of the on the insurance certificate. That's right. Because if you're writing it, if they're giving you a certificate of insurance for Joe Blow and they want you to write the, the check to, to Jane – then those are two different people and that they're not insured. The other thing is every certificate of insurance that I've ever seen has the insurance company's name and phone number. Mm-hmm. And so you can go online and check the contractor, but you can also just call the insurance company and say, hey, are they current? Have they paid? And they will let you know. And as a contractor, I also get added as an additional insured, and you probably can speak to that better than I could. Right, exactly. That's what you want to do as a contractor. Uh, you want to make sure not only that you're an additional insured, but there are extra steps now because they've actually changed the accord forms 
um, to try to address some of those concerns. And you want to make sure to, to um, and it's probably too long for the radio, but you want to make sure you go through all those steps to make sure that those subcontractors are covered. And we just say with regard to the to the carriers, you know, sometimes carriers won't tell you that. Now, they may you because you're a general versus a sub maybe. Okay. Um, but a consumer, they may get the old, well, this is private information and we're not authorized to release it. So the state, however, does have on its website um, a listing of all contractors and whether or not they have coverage, which is required by the state. I'm about to say, say it's private and you're not, you know, privy to the information. My license is online. You can look mm-hmm. me up. You can look Andrew sure. up. You can look David. I mean, anybody that's licensed service provider in the real estate business, I think – for the most part, you can find them on sure. one or two major websites. Licenses, absolutely. And there's actually, a, a depending on what the specialty it is, whatever mm-hmm. the license it is, depends on where you go. But I, I was talking about insurance status. Okay. And so sometimes the carriers are just not authorized to provide that information. Okay, that makes sense, too. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to run out to a break in a second. But, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you've got just some simple questions, because, I mean, to give legal advice over the radio without knowing somebody's specific situation, I mean, that's just not smart business for you or the consumer. But if you need to reach Ben, you can give him, what's your main office phone number? Sure. It's 615-942-8295. And they can email me. I'm happy to give out that uh, address is B-E-N, my name, at BMRfirm.com. Okay. And we'll certainly, if we can't help them, we'll try to get them somebody who can. And if you missed that, then it's going to be on the website. It's going to be on the Facebook page. You'll be able to see all that stuff out there. Again, BMRfirm.com. Uh, ben Rose and the Ben Rose firm. And then again, you know, David Lukey at his website over at uh, capitalhomesidea.com. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I say that wrong. It's all right. I it's forgive a, you. It's all right. And he's got some more stuff when we get back. Oh, yeah. We're going to have plenty of stuff to go over with Mr. Yeah, ben. Man. And then Andrew. We'll just leave Andrew out of this right now. I'll just sit here and smile. You just smile. sit here and smile. Look pretty. Wow. Another eye roll. Oh, man. Hey, come back to us on the other side of this break. We're going to continue with Ben and go over some other things that you're going to need to know. You listen to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we've been talking all things real estate along with some legal stuff this morning with Mr. Ben Rose from the Ben Rose Law Firm. And we were just left off before the break talking about your list of things, list of things to check out and everything else and uh, go through and to vet stuff out. Well, sure. Let's a couple, finish that. A couple more things I was going to mention. Um, you know, and this again sounds like common sense, but. Ask for references, and, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is not just a couple of names of people have done jobs, but you can actually go and and go to those jobs. If it's a new home, you can go and look at the new house. You can ask the folks it. that are there and see it. Um, you can look at um, um, roofing projects, restoration projects like that. A lot of them uh, are on websites for the potential contractor that you're talking right. to. And There's most reputable people are going to offer up, ref, you right. know, come look at this that I did and, yeah. you know, offer that sort of information for people to take in too. And that's especially true with social media because a lot, so mm-hmm. much of the social media is to affirm Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality uh, of the services that oh, you're yeah. looking to get as opposed to actually getting uh, contacts, which I think is very important. The other thing I'd say is, and in, in one of the lists that I uh, looked at in getting ready, was one of the no-nos or one of the red flags is, what if the contractor comes and asks you to assign their insurance, your insurance benefits to them as the contractor? And 
I think the red flag should be uh, should rise in that situation. But but be careful about that because a lot of contractors are not going to do business with you unless your insurance proceeds are in play. Uh, because they're just not going to be able to take the risk uh, that you would be able to sign a big check like that. So I would be careful on necessarily following that rule as well. So let's say you go back to the tornado, the wind situation or the hail, and it's an insurance claim and you get your check and it's made out to you. Typically, it's going to be made out to you, the insurance company and the mortgage company. So how do you suggest that somebody goes about getting that signed? Well, you just go through the normal process of getting it getting it approved, but before you even get there is what I'm talking about. You could you basically have two options. You could contract directly with the contractor and say, "I'm not going to have insurance proceeds that are going to be connected to this transaction." Okay. Or more often, the contractor wants to make sure that insurance proceeds are at play so that they do the job. Okay. Um, and and that comes up a lot. I represent a lot of contractors where they require that, and it's just not going to do business with you if they know that insurance is not in play. Now, they may, they may back up their position and make sure that you're the guarantor if there's something wrong with the insurance. But just, just be careful about that. And again, ask questions because there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Now, Ben, when I do that, you know, because the check comes and there's the first check and then there's the depreciation check. And it oftentimes has all three names on it, especially if it's over about $5,000, have the mortgage company, my name, and the, and the person's name. They go and they get the check endorsed by the mortgage company first. That's the lengthiest process. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking them to give me the check until the work is done, but I want that check in my name so they can't just throw it in their account and say, sure. sue me for my money. Sure. And I, I, so, I mean, does that, if you were from a consumer side, does that give you pause or does that sound adequate to you? And so that's no. what I was getting at right there. Yeah, yeah. How do you handle that? Well, again, as, as long as you understand what's going on, mm-hmm. I think that's the key. Okay. Um, it's it's the it's the surprises that you want to try to eliminate yeah. because that's what happens is that you know people don't realize that they've sometimes pledged their insurance benefits mm. as part of that transaction and they may have some problem and then call their insurer and say I don't want you to authorize payment for this so as long as you know what you're doing uh, I think that's that's the key as opposed to operating in a vacuum so what's the legal protocol I mean obviously you go to the mortgage company first but then let's say I'm the homeowner I have the signed check from the mortgage company. Dave is my contractor. I do I sign the check over to David once the work's complete, or do we both go to the bank once the work's complete? What would you suggest there, just for the average home homeowner? I think it would depend on the situation. Is that a lawyerly enough uh, answer for you? <laughs> oh my goodness, we're back to it depends. Let's go with first the work is a hundred hundred percent done and hundred percent satisfactory. Then I think uh, I would feel comfortable going ahead and going through the with the draft and signing it over. Okay. Yeah. And you would just endorse it to him, and then he could take it? Yes. Okay. That's fair. And then what, what about for that homeowner that's not following the insurance, and they're going to be the guarantor on it? How – I mean, what's a safe deposit for something? Again, it's it's going to all depend on the type of work and the, the amount of the work, but where, where do you kind of draw that line? Because you know there's people listening that are just going to be like, eh, what about this, what about that? Yeah, I, I think, and of course, it depends on the job that you're right. doing. I mean, I think 20, 20 to 25% is what stages, the kinds of things that I would be comfortable with. Again, nothing more than 50%. Um, uh, I would feel uncomfortable with anything more than that. But I think it's going to depend on what exactly you're doing. I mean, are you doing a $20,000 uh, makeover or renovation on a bathroom, or are you building a whole new house for you know half a million dollars or right. whatever? So, But any anything that's reasonable... It, 10, 15, 20% people shouldn't freak out over it. I got to be honest, you're looking at me, I don't actually ask for any money up front. Okay. I don't I don't expect people to pay until work is done. Now, I will, depending on the size of the job, if the job is going to take less than two weeks, I'm going to really 
kind of bind them up in a way that I know when I get done, I'm going to get paid right right away. Insurance is a great way for me to know that I'm going to get paid. But if the job's going to take, you know, six weeks, I'm going to want to check every two weeks, and I'm going to want it for the work that's completed, not not material that's on the job, but work that's completed. Uh, it's just how I run my business. I've always figured that if I can't if I if I can't run the job without mm-hmm. you cash flowing it, then I probably shouldn't be doing that job. I'm Which is an, another indication as to how reputable and successful you are. Say, yeah. uh, now that you know, it depends on again what the trade is. Because mm-hmm. if you're a mason who has you know thousand dollars in the bank and you do a per job thing, well, you mm-hmm. don't want to cut those out. So again, use some common sense, ask questions, and and don't make decisions uh, rashly. Is the advice I would give. My yeah. lawyer likes that I do that sometimes because sometimes I have to fight for to get my the rest my last payment. <laughs> Great. Now, what about if you got a pool? Because I know Andrew was going to yeah. have some questions. What's the deal with a pool in your backyard? So, let's we'll say somebody gets hurt there or something. Well, that uh, it could be a big deal depending on how hurt they are. So, uh, okay. even if you have a fence, even if you have a fence. Well, I mean, say some kid comes over to my house and and is swimming in my pool and uninvited. Well, no, well, I'm even, in, even invited. It. Okay, I'm just, yeah. you know, they're swimming and they're running around and they fall in and hit their head and bust it open. I don't know. Well, in that situation, there's a legal doctrine in Tennessee called the attractive nuisance doctrine. And I can't think of perhaps uh, any more nuisance that would be more attractive than a swimming pool, especially on an August day. And that might be exactly <laughs> what uh, what you've got there. But the standard generally is, again, without giving out any representations, is that if you're acting reasonably, then uh, you're probably okay in terms of your defensibility of a claim like that. Um, if, for example, you haven't, you've got a, a, a pool door that's open, doesn't have a lock on it, uh, fence that's not maintained, um, these kinds of uh, issues could, uh, could give you some heartburn in terms of whether or not you've taken reasonable precautions to keep somebody out of your pool. Okay. Or other things like, uh, you know, outbuildings, uh, wells. So we have a lot of sinkholes uh, in Middle Tennessee, those kinds of things. Uh, those are all attractive nuisance type items that uh, you want to be careful with and you want to buy extra insurance. Mm. So. I about to say probably like a million dollars or some, um, some umbrella. sort of umbrella policy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. One more question. What if you have a tree on your that falls <laughs> in your yard and like mows down my fence, but it's my neighbor's tree? It depends. It, well, yeah, it does. It does depend. It does depend. <laughs> Although I like your chances better uh, in that situation that the neighbor should be responsible because generally um, uh, trees, other, other types of things, those are the responsibility of the adjoining property owner. If they have some reason to, for example, if you told them, hey, that tree is leaning or that tree is dead, mm-hmm. uh, then you're going to have a much better case than otherwise. If it's I'll just be an act of God. sending some text today. <laughs> <laughs> Your tree's leaning. I'm yeah. just for the yeah. record. That's right. That's right. You're on notice. <laughs> now, now, if you if you have insurance, right, your tree from your neighbor's house, a neighbor's yard hits your house, and you have insurance, right? is the, is the first step to call your own insurance and let them try to go after the neighbor, next door neighbor's insurance company to get reimbursed. Well, listen, the first step is to make sure everything in your house is, is okay and nobody's been harmed and all that. And then the next step is to, I, I think, work with your uh, adjuster uh, with a claim like that. And, and, and again, you, most situations like that are going to be acts of God where there's a storm uh, and there's not anyone responsible for that. And that's why you buy insurance mm-hmm. to cover. But in this exception here where you may have some notice that there's a problem, then you may have liability on the other, other uh, property owner. That's always a fun one. 
tree across the fence line or on the fence line. Right. And, of course, if you have that situation, you should call your lawyer and uh, and get advice from him or him or her. Now, ben, I didn't you call you, but I had a tree that literally the root system was on the property line, and the what the trunk was on the house behind us, and it fell, and it pulled the root ball up into my yard and the house that I had over in East Nashville that sold now. And I, I, I left the card. I left the card. I called, knocked the door. Guy never answered the door. And I didn't want – my issue was I didn't want to trespass on his property to sure. cut the trunk off. Sure. Finally, I was like, well, I got to do it because I got to sell the house. So <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. I, I, we're going to trespass. We're going to cut this tree. You know, I didn't know what else to do. And I just kind of left it in his yard. It was in his yard. It was his tree. Yeah. His well, the good thing is it didn't hurt anybody. It didn't hurt your that's property. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely nobody got hurt. It was wonderful. We got to jump out to a break real quick. We're going to come back and finish up with – Mr. Ben Rose and go over a few other little minor details from a legal standpoint in real estate and what you should and should not do as a homeowner. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. The Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. And David Lukey's over there dancing around, having a good old time this morning. Andrew's hot again. Andrew's hot. It's smoking up in here. It's on fire. What? Hey, I'll give you my card after it's over. I tell you what, we'll address this. That's right. Everybody go to, what is it again? My website? Yeah. EastNashvilleAgent.com. And then go to my Facebook take. Tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, uh, whatever. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. I don't think I'm wrong. Just go to You're her. You're going to give me like a stalker. I'm going to have a stalker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Say we put out some survey monkey or some sort of <laughs> out there. Hot or oh, not? Hot man. Or not? Hot or hot? Yes or no? Better not. <laughs> I would say no. I mean, I, would, I, would, no. <laughs> I, would, I would be like calling people, you better get on your vote. <laughs> She's like, don't you dare do it. Hey, you better vote. You better vote. That's funny. Be out there Okay, let's get back to our lawyer over here. Oh, and I have Sexual to say, I, and I have to say, I'm not—I don't practice employment law uh, specifically or exclusively. <laughs> but you all are really worrying me. You're coming close. <laughs> We're all very potential, good, dear potential problems. So let me give out multiple cards. <laughs> now during the break, we were talking about you. Actually, you had a realtor story that was rather interesting. Or somebody was showing a house and how a realtor was liable for. A particular situation, and you know, paint us a picture. During, yes. during, during the break, we were, uh, you know, devolving into talking about war stories from litigation, and I was talking. <laughs> we were talking about pools, and I said I, I actually had a case one time where a realtor, who I believe was uh, listing the house, uh, brought some uh, prospective purchasers in, and they wanted to look at a uh, an attic area. Okay. And for whatever reason, the realtor didn't want to go up these stairs to get into the attic area, and so she directed the one of the female the female um, purchaser our prospective purchaser into the attic area and said, you know, just go on back in there and there's a, there's a string on a light. And if you just pull that string, you'll be able to see this area, you know, well, of just course, go back in there. That's in the right. Attic. That's, that's probably where you should stop, you know, again, common yeah. sense. Uh, but, but the, the person went in there and sadly went off of the, uh, the, the track there where that there was covering and Ouch. fell through the ceiling and, and literally had legs hanging through the ceiling and the uh, floor below and experienced uh, serious injuries. And uh, the issue was, well, you know, why isn't that some, you know, a person that uh, accepts their own risk of going in there? And, mm-hmm. and then the answer is, the legal answer is, at least in that case, was that the realtor had more information and knew about the, right. the area more than the prospective purchaser. So, so that's just a, you know, word to yeah. the wise. Don't send anybody through a ceiling. 
you know, I, you, come to you know, I, I, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> you go up the stairs. You know, I'll, I'll take or at the least risk. warn. Actually, she could have she could have satisfied him by just saying, "Be careful." You know, there there may not be a totally covered area up there, and assume your own risk. And I think she would have been in much better shape. Oh wow! So what? So did she just pay for her medical bills, or was it? I don't know. I mean, what that come out that of her E&O was, insurance? That was probably some sort of confidential settlement that I'm not okay. allowed to talk about. But I'm not sure. I'm not, I know I it went to you. litigation is what I recall. So Be like, look, I'll give you 500 bucks. Can we call it even? <laughs> I think it was medical more, deductible? I think it was more than 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I go she didn't get the sale, I should have said. <laughs> oh. No deal. That's right. I, you know, I go on some warranty calls and I go up into this attic sometimes and I, I've had homeowners start to follow me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Please, <laughs> you stay on that platform. I don't want to be here. I certainly don't want you here. I mean, you got to, that's crazy. I, yeah. I'll take a picture. I'll email it to you. <laughs> don't worry about it. Stay where you're at. And some people are very hands-on versus some are not. Yeah. One of the funniest things about showing houses is how you get to know people because some of them that will they'll kind of talk like they really know and they're oh they do all this and they used to renovate stuff with their dad and you know and then you get in there and you're like oh then you hear them talking you know right and you're like they have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> they've never built a birdhouse dude so a birdhouse I'm just saying I've it never happens. had that experience. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> that leads to an interesting thing because, you know, you're in a situation as a realtor where you want to put the best face on every scenario. Yeah. And I'm just here to tell you, as a lawyer who's litigated those kinds of cases, just, just I won't say don't, don't just tell the truth because everybody should tell the truth, but just be frank and honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. You mean it, like when you're walking through a house and stuff? Exactly. Oh, I'll point out everything. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And know, know I, you're going to make the sale eventually, right. but you, you would rather... I would rather I'm buy a decent house than a lemon. And sometimes I've shown houses where I've been like, oh, you know, this, this looks like structural and this looks like this. You know, I'm not a professional, but, you know, from what I've seen and I kind of... And it's like if they want that house, they're going to buy it, even right. if you try to talk them out of it. So... But I just do my best. You've done your job of trying to talk yes, them. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm worried when I know you're buying a house that needs a whole lot of work. And, you know, because I want them to be happy when they move mm-hmm. in and have a good experience and love their house instead of being like, oh, my God, they made me buy this. It's horrible. That's not going to be. I'm not your realtor if that happened. Let no. me just say that. My, my favorite line when I get a call to do a, a remodel, like a, a 203K, which is an FHA loan remodel or something like that, and I go out. And I'm looking at it, and I'm, they're showing me all this and all their beautiful visions, and they've got five thousand dollars to spend. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and I and I have I have on more than one occasion say I've got the perfect tool for this home. It's called a D4 diesel, and it, it'll take it right down. We'll scrape oh a lot, God. build a new house. And they look at me with shock and horror. I'm like, No, really, this is not. You should not do this. Right. There is nothing. You know. And well, what if we do this? And what if we do that? I don't know what the other contractor is going to tell you. I'm telling you, I am not participating in this mess. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the, and the other softer way that I've done it. Sometimes you have to be really direct. But the other softer way I've said is, right after you get the engineer's report, then I'll give you a bid because I'm not. I'm not yeah. an engineer. Have an engineering degree, say, yeah. but I, but I'm not an engineer. I'm not a professional engineer. And get the engineer's report, and then I'll tell you how much it's going to cost to do what the engineer's report says. Because it's just oof. Right. Sometimes what people think they can fix is just wrong. Time out. Go ahead. You have an engineer engineering degree. Yes. You're just not practicing as an engineer as a profession. I don't have a PE, a professional engineering license. So Ben, for example, he can graduate from law school, Mm -hmm. but until he takes the bar, he's not a lawyer. Correct. Same thing with engineers. Engineers, they can graduate with an engineering degree, but until they take the test test to be a professional engineer, 
They're not a professional engineer. Then you'd have to keep up with licensing yeah. and all that to be active. Yeah, and, and so I, you know, I because some people don't get that. I do point that out. Okay, you know what I mean. It just I didn't realize that from yeah. an engineer's point of view, but from an attorney's point of view, you might or may not even know this. I think the only state in the country that you can graduate college as an attorney and not have to take the bar to practice law. In Tennessee, you're saying? No, in the country. Oh, which one? Oh, you're in a quiz. Oh, I have, yeah. no, I have no idea. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, really? Okay. All right. Wow, good. as soon as you graduate, you're an attorney. Right. You're an attorney. They're like, congratulations. Here's yeah. some cheese. I didn't know yeah. Oh. <laughs> they've they've eliminated, that, eliminated that in most jurisdictions. You used to be able to read the law. You sort of apprenticed into it, and uh, and you could do it that way. You know, yeah. they should bring back like more apprenticeships and people like being under someone and learning a skill and a trade. I think you learn more effectively. I know I learn more effectively hands-on, but I think you really, truly understand what you're doing at that point because you can you can be super wicked book smart. But from a practical point of view, yeah, and have no life. common sense at all. I know yeah. plenty of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, just you know, while we're on the subject, I want to loop back to something real quick. There are people that I have met more than once that introduce themselves as an architect that are not licensed, and really? that should really scare people. Mm. Yeah. You talk to somebody and they're not a licensed architect, and they tell you they're an architect, and then that's they're really past the line. Am I correct, Ben? I mean, in terms of liability? Well, I, I was going to remark that that sounds like a defendant to me. That's what it uh, sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Ben's like, can you introduce me to those people? Because they're going to need a lawyer. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a good – I think we've stumbled on this accidentally. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the average consumer – and when I think yeah. the average, probably 90% of them are going to think, okay, hey, David, you, you, went, you got an engineering degree? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're an engineer. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of them are a lot of people that. aren't going to ask for credentials. And I do a lot of design, and every now and then I'll be talking with somebody, and they'll say something about me being an architect, and I always stop them and correct them because I am not an architect. I I do design. I do lots. I design all my homes, and I work with a draftsman, but I'm not an architect. I don't have a stamp. If you don't have a stamp, you're not that. Anyway. And this is why, if if you listen to today's show or you're watching it online at some point, if you want a good quality opinion, that's not out. For their own personal gain, David Lukey is a builder, Andrea as a realtor, and Mr. Ben as a um, attorney well, he, lawyer. He's well, an attorney. He he, he, he he is an attorney. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't just play one on TV. Where is your little bar card? I've got it right here <laughs> at the ready. <laughs> do you have to legally carry that? Uh, I believe probably you do. you do. I don't know if you have to, but I I do. I have from the beginning. Yeah. Now, do they do they still have the rule you have to carry your your real estate license with you all the time? I still have mine because no, mine's hanging in my office, and yeah. then I have a little. I do have a little wallet size yeah. one, but it's just in my office. Well, it used to be the law that you had to carry that with you twenty four seven. I don't. I don't. I don't you never know when you're going to practice real estate. <laughs> you know, that's right. no, I, I I don't know if they still make you carry that thing around. I still have mine in my wallet. It's worn out. Yeah. No. Well, I hope you've gotten a new one renewed, and it's newer. Uh, that's <laughs> we'll, your talk, we'll talk at the too. break. <laughs> I, I do have an up-to-date real estate license. Thank you very I'm much just for checking. You. But my card, I don't change my card out. Isn't that terrible? Right. But I know well, it's no. current. Whatever. Andrew, if they look you up online, they could find it, they could that find you are it. legit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know there's going to be a little snippet of that video out of that little segment online. Andrew Brewer. <laughs> License realtor. Yeah. I'll get me a little. 
I've been watching Dexter. You know, he like carries that around with him everywhere, and then he's like out to eat dinner, and then he sees a crime scene. He puts on his little thing, and he's like. Everywhere, you know, flash the badge. Dexter. I hope you got that. That would be really good. I want to see that as like the intro. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. Every now and then when we do those encapsulated crawl spaces with all the plastic everywhere, Uh, people look and go, that's a Dexter room. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Only for customers that don't behave. Absolutely. (laughs) And you might be lining yourself up one of those. We got to run out of here in a second. Got anything else you want to add to anything quick no I, well i think again uh, ask questions and um if we say get, that every week if yes. you've got if you've got uh, a realtor or you've got a builder who doesn't want to answer your questions or too busy you probably don't need to do business with yeah. ben, do you think do you think uh getting legal advice from google is a good idea no no i don't <laughs> you I think using WebMD to diagnose your ailments is a good idea i'm not a doctor but i would also advise against that <laughs> but, but yet learning about construction google is the best way to go right Along with finance and real estate It depends on who the plaintiff is. That's what I would have to say. That's right. right. It's amazing how much we all do turn to Google, but at the same time, it's just like, it's right there at your fingertips. And it's a a great tool. I don't want to knock it. The internet is great, and you can start to get some general information. But, you know, specific information about your specific scenario, pools and trees and whatnot, go go, go to a professional. That's absolutely right. I think it's a great place to start. Exactly. I agree. It's a great place to learn the questions to ask. Yes, yes, yes. It's not a great place for answers. And if you're thinking of buying a home... Look on our website. Ask somebody questions. Make a phone call. Because some people just have no idea, which is fine if you've never done it before. But until you ask, you're not going to know. Go to moneymanmike.net or moneymanmikeradio on Facebook. Contact all of these great professionals. And if you got any other questions, email us, call us, whatever you got to go, and we'll get you taken care of. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510. We're out. <laughs>